Y'all can be seated. Glad to be in church on a Friday night. How many like the 6.30 better than the 7? Raise your hand if you like the 6.30 better. That's not everybody. (laughs) Well, you get out a little earlier, maybe. (laughs) Um, It's good to be with you tonight. Um, Go in the scripture to Proverbs, please. The uh, 13th chapter. Proverbs 13. Be believing and making preparations for the Kenneth Copeland meetings. They're going to be good. They always are. And uh, we're, we're believing for the Copelands to be ministered to themselves powerfully and strengthened and refreshed. And then that what the Lord would do through them would happen. And uh, everybody that ought to be here, that the Lord will help them get here smoothly and safely and help them get home and that they'll go back a different way with something they didn't have before and uh, get answers. You know, uh, sometimes things have bugged people for years, decades, and the, the word of the Lord and the anointing is so powerful and so strong, it destroys yokes and removes burdens. That, that in one service, one, one moment in time, uh, a person's life can be changed. You can't always see it. Some of the greatest things happen deep down inside people. And they don't all show up immediately. But they're changed. They begin to think differently. They begin to act differently. And, and their, their course is altered. And of course, uh, when you change your direction, you wind up at a different destination. Right? And uh, that's the kind of things that will happen in this meeting this week. So uh, set aside time. Let it be a priority. And don't just come uh, just bringing your body, but bring some faith. Because there may be people around you that are down and needing some things. And you can have so much faith and joy that it spills over on them. Right? Yeah, do that. Proverbs 13. Are you there? In the 13th chapter of Proverbs and the 12th verse, I want you to notice this with me tonight. Let's, uh, let's come into agreement in prayer. Believe for utterance and, and ears to hear right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you told us that if any two of us would agree as touching anything we ask, you'd do it for us. So we're agreeing together and we're asking you for utterance right now, specific. Lord, we, we want to hear from you. Give everybody ears that hear and eyes that see and a heart open and receptive. Let there come answers, specific answers and direction and help and a supply of the Spirit and anointing that heals and delivers and helps. Right now, we ask for it. We believe you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen Amen means so be it. So be it. So you're believing with me, right? Okay. Okay. Verse 12 here says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. 
I want to minister to you, as the Lord would help me tonight, about dealing with disappointment. Dealing with disappointments. Here it says that hope that is deferred makes the heart sick. Have you ever been disappointed? Hmm? Did you feel sick? <laughs> huh? On the inside? Yeah. And disappointment can become very, very serious. If you get disappointed, you that that can grow into discouragement. You get discouraged enough, you can get depressed. And if you get like that, there, there's no faith in your life, you can be completely defeated. That's how people get suicidal. That's how people um, sometimes wind up on the street. What's the use? You know, why get up and go to work? I mean, the government's going to get half of it anyway. And then sometimes people have gotten failed marriages and alimony and child support and everything else, and they're hardly making it anyway, so I'll just find me a nice, comfortable cardboard box and forget it. People quit trying. They give up. They become hopeless. You'll find there's a direct connection between disappointment and hope. Read that verse again. What did it say? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you, uh, the word hope basically means expectation in the scriptures. So you're expecting something and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and then it looks like it's never going to happen. You can get sick at heart and discouraged and depressed and defeated. You can. Many have. Good news though. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. You can go a different way. Hmm? Let me read some of the translations of this to you. The Amplified, put that up for us, please. The Amplified says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it's a tree of life. On the other hand, when you have been believing for something, expecting something, and days went by, and months went by, and years went by, when it does happen, it's, it's a tree of life. The New Century Version says, it's sad not to get what you hope for. But wishes that come true are like eating fruit from the tree of life. The message says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But a sudden good break <laughs> can turn life around. <laughs> Well, things can break. 
things can change with some help from the Lord. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. There are too many disappointed, heart sick Christians. It ought not be. But as a minister, I've dealt with far too many of them. You know, people that are just bitter and depressed and upset, disappointed, disappointed. Do you believe the Lord has an answer for this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Go to Romans 5. I want you to see where we're, I'm going to give you a glimpse of where we're going to wind up. Then we'll back up and see how to get there. <laughs> Is that okay? Romans 5 and 5. It says, well, back up to verse 4. This all goes together. Well, how about verse 3? We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation works patience. You know, we read recently in James, haven't we? That count it all joy when you fall into different trials and tests. How in the world could you count it joy when you got trials and tests? Huh? Well, hold your place there. Go to James. You know, if something's worth doing, it's worth taking a little time and doing right. How can you, uh, how could you count it joy? When you're in the middle of trials and tests. Look at the verse. The answer is right here. James 1 and uh, 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Verse 3. What? It's because of what you know. Knowing something. The only way you can count it joy when you've got problems and issues in your life is if you know something. Amen. Knowing what? That the trying of your faith works patience. Didn't say it gives you patience. It works it. <laughs> and what else? Verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work. Patience means perseverance. You just stay after it. You don't quit. You don't give up. How long? Long as it takes. You, You just don't quit. That you may be what? Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Does that sound like disappointment? Oh, no. That's not disappointment. So this is not somebody that was in some trials and tests and wound up being disappointed and then wound up being depressed and defeated. Mm -mm. This is somebody that had some issues and had some trials and had some tests, but they wouldn't quit. They persevered. And having done all to stand, they stood. And they kept on believing. Whether it took three days or 33 years. 
Come on, are y'all with me or not? Through faith and patience, perseverance, you inherit the promises. It's not not enough to just believe God. You've got to believe God until. As long as it takes. If it was true last year, it's true this year. Right? Why change? He doesn't change. And when you get on what he said, you won't change. Going back to uh, Romans now, the fifth chapter. Romans 5. He said, verse 3, we glory in tribulations also. Why? There's that next word. How can you glory in tribulations? Knowing. Knowing. Because you know. Well, what if you don't know what he's talking about? Well, then you're not going to glory and you're not going to persevere. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to quit. You got to know something. That's why it pays to come to church. It pays to read your Bible. So you find out some things. And you know some things. And so in the middle of, of situations and pressure, you don't think wrong, you think right. You don't focus the wrong thing, you focus the right thing. Yes. Knowing, knowing. Somebody say knowing. 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 Not wondering. Knowing. That tribulation does what? There it is again. Works it. It'll work it out. Verse 4. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. This is one of the one of the good things about walking with the Lord longer. After you've walked with the Lord, if you walk with Him by faith uh, and learn some things, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years, this perseverance. If you don't, if you don't quit. And you persevere and you come through and you have victories and you have answers. It gives you experience. Experience of victories. Experience of overcoming. And that experience works in your life hope. Which is confident expectation. What does that mean? After a while, you I, I don't care what hits you. You'll say, hey, I've been here before. <laughs> I have experience. In these areas, I mean, I, you know, back 20 years ago, this happened. Back 10 years ago, two years ago, this happened. And I didn't know how and I couldn't see where from. But I just looked to him and he helped me and we made it through. And he did this and I came out better than I was before. And so even before you get started, you have hope. You have expectation that this will be the same way. We're coming out. We're coming over. When all this is said and done and the dust settles, I'll be standing here with my answer. Yeah. <laughs> right? Experience, hope. And keep reading, verse 5. And that hope does what? Makes not ashamed. Now the same word translated ashamed is sometimes translated disappointed. Same word in some of the modern translations. Hope makes not ashamed. Let me read this to you from another translation or two. The NIV in verse 5. Hope does not disappoint us. Doesn't disappoint us. The uh, 
In, in Romans 9.33, you don't have to turn there, just listen to it. Romans 9.33, uh, and this is the, if we have the uh, W.E.B. translation, the World English, if we don't, I'll just read it to you. Romans 9.33, he said, even as it is written, there we go. I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and no one who believes in him shall be put to shame. No one who, others' translations say, no one who believes in him will be disappointed. He is the rock who does not fail. He is the foundation stone who never disappoints. Do you believe it? Romans 10, 10 says the same thing. Anybody remember Romans 10, 9 and 10? Verse 10 says, with the heart one believe, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know what verse 11 says? Verse 11 says, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed, one translation says. Nobody ever came to him truly believing in what he did at the cross, truly receiving the the cleansing and forgiveness of sin, confessing him as Lord with sincerity of heart and was disappointed and didn't get born again and didn't get saved. Has never happened, never will. No one genuinely believing in him will be disappointed. You hear people say, well, I know, I know somebody, they tried to believe God and it didn't work. I know somebody, they, they, they stood in faith and it didn't happen. You're saying they were disappointed. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you got time? Yes, sir. <laughs> You're not in too big of a rush, are you? You got time to talk about this? I believe it's very important. Have you met anybody that's bitter, disappointed, disgruntled over something that didn't happen? Why? Why are there so many Christians in this condition? What happened to them? Go to Proverbs again, please, the 19th chapter. Proverbs 19 and 2. He said that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. He that hastes with his feet sins, verse 3. The foolishness of man perverts his way and his heart frets against the Lord. That's King James. Listen to some others. The Good News Translation. Uh, Verse 2. Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. Did you understand you can be excited and enthused and clueless? Did you know that? (laughs) And that's not good. Because then you will launch unprepared and without a specific destination. And you are setting yourself up for what? Disappointment. Though you started out so enthusiastic and so excited. You see a lot of folks do this. 
And this is common with baby Christians. You know, people get, they, they come to, to know the Lord and they begin to hear how big he is and how amazing he is and all things are possible to him that believes and God can do anything and he's a healer, he's a deliverer, he's a good God, he'll bless you with stuff and things. And so people get excited and enthused with hardly any knowledge. And so they, they, they are quick that I'm going to believe for this. I'm going to pray and ask for this. I'm going to claim this. And there are numerous times that as they do, time passes and it doesn't materialize. And it doesn't happen. And they get disappointed. And it's at these junctures that new doctrines are fabricated. Hmm? Preachers and theologians decide, well, I didn't say it right. Well, (laughs) God's ways are mysterious. And God does not always say yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait a while. And it's not always God's will. Well, how are we going to know? Well, (laughs) you just never know. That's a bunch of religious junk. That's not in the Bible. That's people trying to explain stuff they don't understand. And give reasons for why things didn't happen. And it's dangerous stuff. I said it's dangerous stuff because you can't leave up to God what he left up to you. There are so many folks think they're waiting on God and it's all up to him. And he's told us very plainly in his word some things are up to us. And if you think you're waiting up to him and you just keep waiting. Years have passed by. Decades have passed by. Things won't happen. And you conclude, well, it's not his will, and it's nothing of the sort. Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. (laughs) Easy to read translation. Y'all all all here tonight? Is this okay? (laughs) I know some things don't make you run the aisle. But, uh... It could make you run the aisle later if you get some things fixed and get some answers. This is pretty good, isn't it? Being excited about something is not enough. (laughs) That's good, isn't it? It's not enough. You must also know what you're doing. There's a lot of folks who are no longer with us because they got excited about something and just jumped into it and didn't have a clue what they were doing and found out too late, whoa, I should have learned some more about this before I just started. (laughs) (laughs) You must also know what you're doing. Don't rush into something. He talked about if if you're over hasty, the King James says, you'll miss the mark. You, you, you get excited, you're enthused, but you just launch 
And then you go off and miss it because you're in too big of a hurry. And then what happens? Look at the next verse. Verse 3. Then people ruin their lives with the foolish things they do. So then what do they do? Blame the Lord for it. Now that's ignorant. Isn't it? And so people are upset with the Lord. Lord, I prayed. Why didn't you do this? Lord, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you do this? People, being excited, he said, about something is not enough. You need knowledge. You need understanding. So many are too quick to begin standing for something. And the question is, what are you standing on? Well, I'm standing for this. I'm believing for this. What are you standing on? Somebody tell me how faith comes. Only one way. You don't get faith by praying for it. There's only one way faith comes. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That's the only way it comes. So when you say, I'm believing God to do something, it has to be based on something he told you. When you say, I'm standing for something, what are you standing on? We've talked about this before. It'll bear repetition if you say, well, you know, I, I believe, you know, that I, you can have what you say. And I believe if I believe it in, in my heart and say it with my mouth, it'll come to pass. And Jesus said, you know, uh, if you say it and don't doubt but believe, you'll have what you say. And some folks make fun of us for believing these verses. Which it's well to remember we didn't write that. <laughs> but you can see why people are, some folks are confused because of some of the mistakes that have been made. But it's also a mistake to never try to believe anything. Hmm? That's a big mistake. And so if you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to believe that uh, this happens for me. And one of the big areas where you'll see disappointment keep occurring is when a person gets their eyes on other people and decides that they're going to do this or that for me or with me and yield to vain imaginations. You can begin to think about something and go, okay, yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm going to get that. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And they're going to help me. And these folks will probably help me. Well, sure, they'll help me. And then these guys will probably join in. And, and, and you, you knew when you first started out, you're just kind of thinking. But you keep thinking like that. You'll decide. You can decide. Oh, that's going to happen. And anytime you get your eyes on other people. Looking to them to do things for you. You set yourself up for disappointment. Y'all going to help me with this tonight? Hmm? (laughs) 
Go with me on over to the book of Psalms. You're there in Proverbs still? Go over to the book of Psalms and the chapter uh, 62. Psalm 62. What do? Let me take just a little bit more time with this. Go to Psalm 146. We'll we'll work our way to it. Psalm 146 and, and two. He said, "While I live, I'll praise the Lord. I'll sing praises to God while I have any being." Keep reading. Put not your trust in princes. Nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. Now see, princes would be people who have money, who have political influence, right? Who have some power and authority. Well, they can help me. Hmm? What did he say? Don't put your trust in them. Don't do it. Why? You set yourself up for disappointment. Verse 4. His breath goes forth. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. You got to remember who he is. <laughs> he ain't God. Right? <laughs> He's human being like you. And no matter what kind of resources you think they've got, that doesn't mean they, they can or they will do anything for you or that they ought to. Keep, keep going. Verse 5. Happy is he. You want to be happy? Then quit looking to people. To fix your problems. Just quit it. Quit looking to them. You'll be happy if you got the God of Jacob for your help. And if your hope is where? In the Lord your God. Now I know God uses people. But you're never to get your eyes on people. And one of the biggest problems, whether it's families, any kind of relationship, churches, is that people get things in their mind that so-and-so should do for them or is going to do for them. And they get so, so set in their thinking that when it doesn't happen, they're devastated and they're disappointed. When oftentimes the people never told them they would do it. And why would you think somebody owes you something? This sense of entitlement will ruin your life. Christians are not supposed to look to each other or to anybody else. We're supposed to look vertical all the time. I don't care what you need. Yeah, but it's my wife, it's my husband, it's my kids, it's my employer, it's my my this, it's my that. It doesn't matter. If they're able to give you something you need, it's because God gave it to you through them. Come on, are you with me now? You get to looking at them and pulling on them and putting pressure on them, you're going to hinder what God would do through them. This being needy. This being desperate, 
is fear and unbelief. And it cuts off the blessing of God. I, I, I saw some of this 25 years ago. And I began to adopt it in my life. I, I wrote it down. I said, when it comes to other people, expect nothing and be thankful for everything. That way, if they don't do it, I'm not shocked. I'm not upset. If they do it, I'm glad. I'm happy. Well, yeah, but I need it. I need it. Yeah, but they're not your savior. They're not your healer. They're not your answer. They're not your provider. Yeah, but they said they would, and they're not doing what they said they would. Well, they're human. They can lie. They can fail. And for you to fall off your chair and act like you didn't know that they could, is you being a fool. Huh? Their biggest problem is that they're just like you. They're human. They can fail. They can mess up. We should not be shocked when people don't come through or they come short. Doesn't mean you can't believe in somebody. Even when they fail, you can still believe that they can still get it right. Right? But you don't have so much of your faith in them that if they don't come through, you're disappointed, you're devastated, you're depressed. That means you were looking way too much to them instead of him. Are you all with me, friends? No, don't. Never get your eyes on people. Hmm? Man is not my savior. Human beings. Man is not my, my provider. God uses people. He'll give you rich things through people, especially when you quit pressuring them. <laughs> I want to say this real, real slow. If you hadn't heard it before, you might want to write it down. Faith puts no pressure on people. Say it out loud. Faith puts no pressure on people. See, when you're pressuring people, You're looking to them to get what you want or to get what you need. You're not in faith. You're not looking to God. You're looking to them. If you're in faith in God and somebody that's supposed to do something, committed to do something, able to do something, and they don't do it, you still are not devastated because you know God's bigger than them and he can use a hundred other people. He can get this done 10,000 other ways. You are not devastated. And so you'll never get to this defeated, despondent, hopeless, suicidal place that so many people get because you never start down that road. You know, something doesn't pan out. You don't fall off your chair. You don't lose your joy. You don't lose your peace. You say, well, I guess the Lord will do it another way. Huh? And when you've been there before, and he did do it another way, and he did do it another way, and it would turn out better than how you thought. That's right. 
that experience works in you a confident expectation. So you are hard to be moved. And you get more and more stable. And that hope is an anchor to your soul. It keeps you from being kicked all over the place. You'll just sit there and smile and be quiet. And you won't be rattled and you won't get mad. And you won't get hurt. and You won't get offended. In fact, you'll pray for the people that let you down. You'll say, Lord, help them to get this straightened out so that they, I know you can do this another way, but I don't want them to miss out on the blessing. I don't want them to get out of your will. But can you see when you've got that abiding faith in God and that trust in him and your eyes are on him, then it doesn't matter what you're seeing or not seeing. You believe some way God's going to come through. He's going to come through. You're going to be all right. You're going to get what you need. Uh, What needs to happen is going to happen. So you're not shaken. You're not moved. Your heart is established. Trusting in the Lord. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Back up to Psalm 118. Can you take another couple of verses here? Psalm 118. And verse 8. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Hmm? Verse 9. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. It's better. What's your choice? Some trust in horses and chariots? Huh? Huh? But what we will rely, depend, trust on the Lord. Back up to the 62nd Psalm. 62 and what is it, verse 4 or so? 62.4. Well, verse 5, listen for time's sake. My soul, wait thou what? What? Only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. This is something you can do. This is an adjustment you can make in your thinking. Only on Him. Don't be so quick to rush into standing on something. Don't be so quick to pray and ask for something or to claim something. I had the Lord speak this to my heart some years ago. This phrase came to me. He said, son, if you'll be more selective, talking about what you pray about and what you say, you'll be more effective. You'll get better results if you'll be more selective. See, a lot of people think, you know, well, we'll just throw out a bunch of prayers and hope some of them stick. That's not right. Because what happens is you'll pray and not get results and pray and not get results and pray and not get results. And then you'll get disappointed and you'll get to where you don't even expect anything to happen. And at that point, you're faithless. You should spend the time 
on this side of it, should I try to believe for this? Are y'all listening to me? Should I pray for this? And if I'm going to be standing, what am I standing on? There's only one foundation for faith. What is it? It's what he told you. It's what he told you. It's what he told you in his word. And it's what he told you by his spirit that will always be in line with what he told you in his word. But he does speak to you by his spirit. But it will always be in line with what he said in his word. And the more you, the better you know the word, the quicker you recognize him talking to you. Because it sounds just like himself in the word. Huh? See, the same voice speaking through Matthew is the same voice speaking through Mark. Different human, but same spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit talking through Paul. That was talking through Peter. Same one. Exactly. And when you, you're reading your chapter every day and, and you're hearing the word on a regular basis, you're hearing that voice. And then when he speaks to you in your spirit personally, you recognize, you go, that's the same one I was reading this morning. That's the same voice. That's the same person. And you get to know him. I'm not talking about hearing audible voices. I'm not talking about feeling uh, things. He's a spirit. He's inside your spirit. And if you learn to pay attention, he'll communicate with you. He'll let you know things. And it's only what he told you is what you're able to stand on. Many have been disappointed because they tried to stand and believe for things he never told them. Many. There, there, there's two basic reasons, and that, that's the first one. Can we talk about that a little bit? The Lord never told them. And they just went off. They, they were zealous. They were enthused. But they had no knowledge. And so, it didn't happen. It didn't work. And when it didn't, they got disappointed, and they got upset, and they got bitter, and they blamed God. God has never been our problem. And he never will be. Go to, um, let's see, 1 Peter 3. Thank you, Lord. 1 Peter 3. While you're going over there, I'm going to read to you the scripture we've read earlier. Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. Being excited about something is not enough. I'm going to claim this. I'm going to believe for this. Faith in God is based on what he told you. Faith in me would be based on what I told you. You can't believe, reasonably believe, for me to do something I didn't tell you to do. If you get upset because I didn't do something I never told you I would do. I'm going to go over that real slow. <laughs> if you get upset with me, because I didn't do something I never told you I would do, what's the problem? <clears throat> Let me try this bunch over here. 
If you get upset because I didn't do something I never told you I would do, what's the problem? You're being foolish, right? You're confused. So people have thought, well, you know, all things are possible to him that believes. That's true. Then they think that means, well, I can just believe anything I want to. I'm just going to believe this. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe the other. That's like saying, I'm going to believe that Brother Keith gives me all his money. I'm going to believe that Brother Keith comes cleans my house twice a week. I'm going to believe that Brother Keith cuts my grass. I'm going to believe that Brother Keith washes my car. I'm going to believe. And then when I don't show up to wash your car, you get mad. You get enraged. Because you had decided that I was supposed to do that. Never mind that I never told you that I would. I know this sounds silly, but this is exactly where millions of Christians are. They are upset with God. They are upset with people. Because of things they got in their head that were supposed to happen, going to happen. They dreamed stuff up. They imagined stuff. And they made all their plans and told all their friends. (laughs) And it didn't happen. And when it didn't happen, made them look bad, made them feel bad, embarrassed them. And so they got mad. Their heart fretting against the Lord because of their own Ignorance, foolishness, and mistakes. That's pride. That is ugly, stinking pride. An honest man, a humble man would go, well, he never told me he would. Why would I be expecting it? Hmm? Faith in me, you, you can't believe me to do something I didn't tell you I would do. You can't. Faith in me is based on what I told you I would do. Faith in God is based on what he told you he would do. In 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 3 and 15, what does it say? 3.15, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready to do what? Always be ready to do what? To give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. Not arrogantly and haughtily, but to do it with meekness and fear or reverence. Did you know anything we claim we're believing for, we need to be ready all the time to give strong reasons why we're believing for this. Why are we believing for it? We, if I just have an idea, and I come and say, we're going to believe this, and you say, okay, and I never heard from the Lord, it doesn't matter if it's a good thing, or a needy thing, or an opportunity. We will experience disappointments. And failures. 
And people go, well, let's see that, you know, you just never know. Sometimes, you know, God will show up and sometimes he don't. And we don't know why. No, 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 no. Ephesians, go there, please. Always be ready to give an answer why you believe in what you believe in. Ephesians and uh, I believe it's the fifth chapter verse 17 what does it say Ephesians 5:17 don't be unwise but what? understanding what the will of the Lord is. Religion has taught people you don't have to know. In fact, you probably can't know. It's just too big and amazing and wonderful for you to find out. So people say, well, Lord, uh, do this if it's your will. And if not, then your will be done. Now let's analyze this praying. There is a time when you submit yourself to say, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm willing to do it. That's good and right. If you show me something that's different than what I thought, then your will be done. Not my will. That's a prayer of submission and consecration. That's not a prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is based on the known will of God. You have to know the will of God or you can't have faith. And when you say, Lord, see people, I know because I used to pray this way before I learned back many years ago. I'd pray for people to be healed this way. I'd go to the hospital. I'd, I'd, I'd get down beside people's bedside and I said, Lord, heal our dear sister if it be thy will. And if not, then thy will be done. What am I saying? I'm saying, Lord, you're going to do what you going to do. And so. If it's, if it's your will to heal her. Then you're going to heal her. Whether I prayed or I didn't. But if it wasn't your will to heal her. Then no matter what I pray. You're not going to heal her. Because it wasn't your will. In other words. Why am I praying? <laughs> Because you're going to do what you're going to do, no matter what. See, that doesn't make sense. And yet that's how half the church world does. Or, or more. What is this verse? Read this verse again. What did he say? Don't be what? Unwise, but what? That's why the Lord gave us this book. Is so we would get a handle. No, certainly we don't know everything or, or a fraction of, of all about his will and his plan. But we can learn some things about his will. Yes. And based on what we know of his will is where we can stand in our faith. That's what we can be solid on. And that's what we can confidently expect 
and not be ashamed. Not be disappointed. But you can't just off the top of your head say, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to ask for this. No, no. You got to go to him. Go to him in his word. Go to him in prayer. And and he will quicken to you verses. He will quicken some. Stand on the word, people say. Well, it's a big book. Right? Exactly what am I? No, no. There are specific verses that the Lord will quicken to you for certain situations in your life. And when it does, that is God speaking to you. And you can believe what he tells you. And also the spirit, the author of the book, the Holy Spirit lives in you and he will quicken things to you. He'll speak things to your heart that are exactly in line with this book. A lot of times it's verses and you don't even realize it till later on you find out, well, it was a verse. <laughs> but, but when you get something from him, that's what the scripture talks about. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by that word. The anointed word is what's in that scripture. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Why have so many people been disappointed? Because they tried to believe things the Lord never told them to believe. They tried to stand and didn't have anything to stand on. So instead of just being really quick to pray and really quick to start making your confessions, spend some time. Ask the Lord, Lord, what should I endeavor to believe for on this? Leading the the church here. It's not enough for for me to have an idea. It's not enough to see a need. It's not enough to have an opportunity. I got to discern between what's for me personally and what's for the church. Right? Right? And when something that we're supposed to stand up and say, this is what we believe is the word of the Lord to the church. This is the way we need to go. This is what we need to put our faith on. I need to have heard from him. Yes. No no exception. I must have heard from him. And on things like that, I usually look at it and pray about it for months. Because if it's him today, it'll be him tomorrow. He doesn't change. Right? And if it's him, you can you keep looking and checking and it just gets stronger in you and stronger in you and stronger till you get to the place where you know we need to step out on this. It's time to go. And the, every project that we have stepped out since we began as, as church 10 years ago, have we been disappointed? No. We've not been disappointed, have we? Have we been disappointed? Has the Lord done these things for us? Marvelously wonderfully it's not because of me it's not because of you that we've done everything perfect it's because we were able to stand on what he said we were able to find out what he said and stand on it and when you trust in him you are never 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 going to be disappointed can you say amen Amen. never going to be disappointed he that trusts in him will never be ashamed Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just lift your hand and thank him in advance. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for establishing me. 
Thank you, Lord, for showing me how to believe and what to believe. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Go back with me over to Romans, please. If you can take just a little bit more. Actually, for time's sake, let's go to Romans 8. Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria will be here in just a few days. I'll tell a little story on them before they get here. Y'all won't tell them I told you, right? (laughs) Uh, They are such good examples in all these things. Great inspiration to Phyllis. Now, we actually, uh, the first uh, teaching and preaching we ever heard about living by faith and being redeemed and those things was from them, through them, back uh, 35 plus years ago. And... uh, they have been outstanding examples. You know, we've had a, a, some opportunity to see them behind the scenes. They are exactly like you see them on the platform, on TV, uh, just as real as it gets. And they believe what they preach. Amen. And they practice what they preach. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. Outstanding examples. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Brother Kenneth was talking about some of these things some years ago. And he gave this example, and I thought it was outstanding. He and Miss Gloria had been, I think they'd been over to their Arkansas place. And he'd been out doing things. They'd been in the yard and cleaning up, and they'd done some taping and some praying and some other things. And then they'd come back home. They'd been home a few days. and They were driving down the road, and Brother Kenneth had had a, some kind of a lump that had come up kind of on his shoulder and his neck and it had been there for for uh, days and and so uh, he told Miss Gloria he said Rachel put your hand on this and and, and curse this and, and command this to, to, to go away and he's going we're going to join him. and so they're they're cursing it and commanding it to shrivel up and, and go away and, and and they're getting serious about it and, and Miss Gloria says Ken that's a tick <laughs> So they really didn't need to be rebuking and binding or or cursing growths or just a real simple procedure to get rid of the tick and they did and everything was fine. Why am I talking about that? You can be too hasty. Remember we read the scripture. You can be zealous, but no knowledge. And you can be too quick to try to pray something, believe something, claim something, do something, and get off. And then when it doesn't happen, 
You're disappointed. And instead of people being humble and acknowledging that maybe they could have made a mistake somewhere or missed it somewhere, they get mad at God and get bitter and get upset. And the Lord dealt with me, slow down. Be more selective about what you pray. A lot of times people, as a minister, people come to you, will you pray about this, Brother Keith? Will you pray about that? I may and I may not. That shocks some people. They look at you like, well, you're a preacher. You're supposed to pray with me. Where's that in the Bible? (laughs) No. The Bible says you're supposed to pray for yourself. (laughs) I got verses too. It is scriptural to pray one for another, but you're supposed to pray in faith. We're not supposed to be just doing something to salve our religious conscience and just go through the motion. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. We don't know. No, no, no. That hurts your faith. You do that and don't get results and do that and don't get results. You'll get to where you don't even expect anything to happen. There'll be no faith in operation. Don't be so quick to start making confessions. Don't be so quick to start rebuking and binding. Don't be so quick to start claiming. Hmm? Back up. To be fired up and no knowledge is not good. Slow down. Inquire of the Lord. Hmm? You could get a word of knowledge. Like it's just a tick. <laughs> right? Could save you all kind of could save you a trip to the doctor, could save you all kind of trying to stand and wrestling and, and trying to pull down spirits in the heavenlies and come on, are you all with me? There is so much stuff that people do in church that is absolutely useless. It's just good for nothing. Let's, let's, let's believe God to show us how to stop this. We don't want to just be religious. We want to know God. We want to hear from Him. We want to pray and know that He heard us. And if we don't need to be praying about it, let's just quit. Right? And know that when we do, we, we, we checked with Him We've heard from him in his word. We've heard from him by his spirit. Some of these things we might have been looking at for weeks. Some of these things we might have been looking at for months. And we get to the place where we know, yes, I know he spoke to me about this. I know I'm supposed to claim this. I know I'm supposed to believe. Then when you take a stand, you are standing on something. Come on, are you listening to me? You've got a foundation. You have heard from him. Nobody can talk you out of it. This is not something you did off the cuff for five minutes. You know, and that way you will stand and having done all to stand, you will stand and you won't give up and you will, won't quit and you won't be disappointed. Come on, can you say amen? You will not be disappointed. Thank you, Master. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's lift up our hands and lift up our hearts to the Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer.
Let's release our faith in what we've heard. If you really believe it, if you mean it in your heart, say it out loud with me. Father God, you are perfect. And you never fail. Any failures have been with me, with us. I know you have not failed me, nor anyone else. You are faithful forever. I ask for wisdom. I ask for knowledge. I ask for understanding in these areas. Alert me in my heart and mind about what I shouldn't pray about, what I shouldn't try to stand for, and cause me to know what I should. Help me to wait on you and not be too, in too big of a hurry. Not be enthusiastic with no knowledge. Help me to wait on you and follow you fully. And I thank you in advance for bringing me to another place in walking with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.